Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gun and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, Mobile Suit Gundams return to the theaters. Is The Conjuring the best horror franchise of this decade? And it's a trailer barrage hitting us from all sides. As we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back for another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great shows. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the knower of all things from Humanica Media. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com and all the things that he's doing at Topicocalypse and, of course, his awesome book, Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. Look out, man. It's a trailer barrage. So many trailers. You feel that landslide sliding in there? Was there too many big name trailers that came out this week? We're going to talk about that because the Black Widow trailer came out. And then the James Bond No Time to Die trailer came out. And then on top of that, the Mulan trailer came out. Not one, not two. But three big trailers came out this weekend. We'll talk about each of them. Plus, were there too many big trailers coming out this weekend? Coming up here in a sec. Plus, also as well, Jason Todd Feinberg from Honey Queen. He is going to stop by later in the program to talk about the Mulan trailer, the Black Widow trailer. And also as well, my question to him, is the Conjuring franchise the biggest thing in horror the last decade? Plus, also as well... Josh and I are going to talk about Mobile Suit Gundam's Char Counterattack and the rumor of a possible Disney involvement in a live-action Dragon Ball film. But first, my friend, I do want to ask you your thoughts coming up here because there was three big trailers this week. First up, was there too many big trailers to come out this week, especially back to back to back? Yeah, it was kind of an overwhelming time for trailers, but at the same time, I'm kind of excited now because we had done an episode about whether or not we were excited for 2019 films, right? We talked about, is 2019 the biggest year for movies ever? And, you know, while it's had some good good things come out, I, I didn't 
I didn't really sit there and think like, wow, there's some things that are really just going to blow my mind. As I'm sitting here watching some of these trailers, you know, we have the 007, we have Mulan, and we have, you know, the Boys Season 2 trailer came out. Like, there is there is some good stuff in the media coming out. Whether or not it's going to blow my mind, I can't say at the moment, but right now I am I'm excited to go to the movies again. You know, and I don't know how you're feeling about it, but I don't feel overwhelmed. I feel hopeful. Well, I do as well. Like I said, the Boys Season 2 trailer also dropped this week. Couple other trailers did as well, plus six underground, a little bit more footage from Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. A lot of stuff happened this weekend in regards to things coming up in the near or not too distant future that the studios really want you to get a good look at. Might have been a little bit too much because the fact that some of these things might get lost in the shuffle. There is always that possibility, but it's nonetheless makes it exciting for us as pop culture fans to go ahead and check out all this great stuff that did hit us. And the first thing that really did hit us was the Black Widow trailer. And Marvel dropped that on Tuesday. So I want to ask you, my friend, your thoughts on the Black Widow trailer. It's obviously Scarlett Johansson coming back to the role she's most famous for, something that a lot of people were excited about. I know you had made the comment through social media this week that you were so excited to see it. It, The trailer, in, in my opinion, looked really good. I'm really impressed by it. It takes her back to her home country or home area where she's from, where she grew up, where she was initiated and indoctrined into the Black Widow set and all that. She does meet up with her quote unquote sister and also her quote unquote family in the context of the trailer. And the idea is, I guess, to you know go back to where she once was to try and stop from something happening again. So it looks like it's going to set up something really good within the span of whatever is coming up in the future for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. Were you as impressed with the trailer for Black Widow as I was? I, I mean, I don't know how impressed you were, but like, I thought it looked really good. It reminded me of like a mixture of Born Identity and Winter Soldier. You know, we have a mixture of a superhero film and something that has, you know, that espionage film or espionage feel as we had with like James Bond, Born Identity films like that. It blends so many, you know, action packed and dark elements. It doesn't feel like your typical superhero movie outside of the parts with like David Harbour, who puts on the mask and. I don't know who exactly he plays, but like he puts on the mask and he seems to the red guardian, the red guardian. He plays that. He seems to play that role very well. What it makes me feel is excited, but also disappointed at the same time. You know, I feel like this film came out far too late and I think it's cool that it's going to stand on its own. I wonder who had said that as well many years ago. Yeah. I just like, I, I, it's cool. That's going to stand on its own, but you know, I'm excited to see like more backstory, more history on the character of, um, you know, Black Widow. But at the same time, like, it's not going to really build towards anything. It feel I think it's going to be cool because something you just sit down and watch and not have to worry about bigger pieces falling into place. But at the same time, it's sad that we're never going to see that character on the screen again. And as you saw me uh, say in a social media post earlier this week, like, I think. You know, I I love the character of Black Widow, but I feel like it was a kind of a cheap plot device. What they did to her in Endgame, you know, it's just I it never has sat right with me because I've always really liked that character. Well, if you watch the deleted scene that's available on Disney Plus of an alternate type of ending, which still had the same result, 
Uh, that wasn't much better. In fact, I thought it was a lot worse. So the ending of the two that they filmed, this, the better ending ended up actually in the movie. But you're right. It wasn't the way I wanted Black Widow to go out. She should have been part of that climactic battle and whatnot. At the end of Avengers Endgame, I think you know it was justified that that should have been the case. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And I think there should be a future going forward for Black Widow. I am not necessarily convinced that this is the last we'll see of Black Widow. I'm personally not. I think we will have some sort of magical resurrection or some sort of appearance by her later on down the line. I don't think she's finished the character. She says she is, but that's because Marvel's told her that, but I don't think so. I really think that it will be something down the line with her. I like to think that anyways, because she has portrayed, portrayed the character extremely well. Now, uh, some of the events, or most likely most of the recent events of the movie take place right after Civil War. I agree with you on the fact that you said this movie should have come out a lot sooner. Had this movie come out right after Civil War, I think that would have fit a lot better because she does have where she, you know, she's on the run at the end of Civil War. I think that would have been much more fitting. I think they're trying to shoehorn this a little bit, but they've done this before with Captain Marvel and a couple other movies where they put these movies in sometimes as a palate cleanser, sometimes for other reasons that don't necessarily fit in the whole timeline and the overall scheme of things. In fact, Spider-Man Far From Home, I thought was shoehorned in. So they don't exactly have the best timing, but the fact that they are still doing it and are still making a Black Widow movie after all the years and all the episodes you've heard me whine and cry about it, that to me, seeing that trailer this week really brought me to, to a very good feeling that they're going to finally do it. It brought my daughters to tears. And I'll tell you what, we're just so excited to be a part of it as far as from a movie fan experience. And I cannot wait until it comes out in May of 2020. I can't either. This is the first time like I've seen a Marvel trailer and I've actually been feeling a very energized buzz like you know within myself about how excited i am to see this movie you know most of the time i see even like it was weird even with the trailer for like endgame or infinity war like i sat at you know i sat there i'm like i always expected this so i'm you know i've been anticipating it coming out but at the same time you know when i sat there and watched the trailer for black widow i was not expecting this and i'm kind of excited to see her story arc come full circle if that's what it's going to do. I think you'll have that same type of feeling when Thor Love and Thunder, that first trailer hits because you enjoyed Ragnarok and Taika Waititi so much. I think that like you, a lot of other people, I know Ben Arnault, I know Jason Todd Feinberg uh, has also expressed the love for Thor Ragnarok as well. I think when Love and Thunder, which could very well be the last Thor movie, I think it will be because we've already done three already. That could be the last one. And if so, then I'm sure a lot of people will be excited just for those very reasons. But I'll tell you what, my friend, uh, you know, Black Widow, I, I don't think she's done in the MCU, like I said, but I think there's a lot more that she can give the series if she's brought back to life. But at least we will get, even if it's not the case and she is done for good, at least we'll get another great glimpse of her character, a little bit more into detail in her backstory. 
as Black Widow comes out in May of 2020. We're excited for it. I cannot express the fact that I'm just so glad that they're actually doing it. Yeah, it comes a little bit later than I wanted it to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the fact that there is a Black Widow movie coming at all, and there's a fact that it's going to be in a prime slot because May of every year is always the prime slot for movies, and obviously last year's and the year before that with Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, you had your premier movies. In fact, for Marvel, for the past several years have come out with a premiere movie in May and the fact that they think Black Widow is going to be their big ticket seller of all the Marvel big ticket sellers in 2020 tells you a lot about how much confidence they have in the Black Widow character. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and you know, seeing this trailer, it makes me wonder why they, why or if they ever had confidence in her in the first place. You know, I always like I said, I've always really admired her character and I've always kind of enjoyed seeing her on the screen and like knowing her when we got to see a glimpse of her backstory and uh, what was it? Age of Ultron. I really enjoyed those parts. Why didn't they move forward with something like this sooner? You know, uh, Captain America got his own movie. Hulk got his own movie. Um, Iron Man got his own film. Why would they not give, you know, o- one of only the biggest- Hawkeye gets the series. Yeah, and that that's another thing that doesn't make sense to me. Is like Hawkeye has, you know, as much as I've enjoyed his character, he's his character has never been that interesting to me. Not on the level that uh, Black Widow has. So, which is the reason why he's only getting a TV series? Yeah, but I mean, why did they generate more hype over him having a TV series than they have the the uh, Black Widow film? You know, that's one that still doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, I, I just don't think that Disney or Marvel has enough confidence in the Hawkeye character selling tickets. I don't think they have an, an idea or premise that would be able to expand that on a box office theater type level to their satisfaction. I think all the other stories, even with the unknown characters that are coming out with their own stories in the Marvel cinematic part of the universe coming to big screens. I think they have stories that they feel will appeal to a larger audience than something brought to them by Hawkeye, which is why they're, I don't want to say relegating him to, because ultimately you could have with the consumer base that has Disney plus conceivably have more eyes on those series than people actually going to the theaters. But I know that a lot of people have this perception that the Hawkeye series going to TV is a downgrade. And so if that's what you're going to say, that's what it is. That's what you feel like. I'm not, probably not going to change your mind on that. But the Hawkeye series is probably best where it is because of the fact that it, it's just not something that I don't think would translate well onto a box office screen. But you know what? At least we're getting one of the two between him and Black Widow onto the screen. We'll probably even see an appearance by Hawkeye somewhere in the film because it – you know, part of the trailer is shown in Budapest. So Budapest does play a role, in, you know, at least a, a part of in the trailer and at some portion in the movie. So I have a sneaky suspicion we will be seeing Clint Barton in some form or fashion assisting or helping or showing up in the middle of this upcoming Black Widow feature. So I know Josh is excited. I know I'm excited. Are you excited for the Black Widow movie coming out in May 2020? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com, also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, my friend, there were a couple other trailers that came out this past week. A big note. Again, there were other trailers for like season like The Boys and some others that came out as well that were also very important that we love. In fact, The Boys season two trailer looked outstanding, and I can't wait for that series to come back on Amazon. But we want to talk about the well the last 007 movie with daniel craig from what he says from what has been told by us by the studio the last movie with daniel craig no time to die that trailer debuted this week featuring a lot of action a possible betrayal and a new double o character so i want to hear your thoughts your impressions of the trailer no time to die i will admit that I fell asleep in Spectre and I have not watched it since. You know, I do remember the plot points. I remember the uh, the love, in, or love or female interest. I remember Christoph Waltz's character, which I thought was really great. I remember the car chase with Dave Bautista. So looking at this trailer, you know, today I, I watched it. You know, I've always been a huge fan of the James Bond series, you know, and I think that this might make me unpopular, you know, with the uh, ranks of pop culture cosmos, but I always thought that Dave, or not Dave, but um, uh, Daniel Craig was always like one of the best Bonds. You know, I think that he's better than Pierce Brosnan. I I love Sean Connery, but I think he's I think he's better than than Pierce Brosnan because I think I, he's grown to be as good as as Pierce Brosnan. I don't yeah. think he's better, but Sean Connery, I think was Sean Connery is amazing. All. Yeah, but Pierce Brosnan, like I don't blame him for not for not being my favorite Bond. I think it's in the writing because I feel like with... You've um, given some bad movies. They're both have. Daniel Craig was not given some great movies in the beginning, and I don't think Pierce Brosnan was as well. Right, right. But I feel like it has a lot to do with the writing in the studio. I feel like um, Casino Royale is the first time they actually had Bond take himself seriously, whereas, like, you know, with Pierce Brosnan, he was was every bit like the... um, you know the the ladies' man and the, the the typical. He was a lot more Roger Moore. He was yes. Whereas uh, Daniel Craig kind of took the part and he played it on a level of like Matt Damon in Born Identity. That's what I enjoyed about it. it. Had like a more serious and kind of a darker spin on the character. And then, you know, granted, like not every movie has been great. Uh, Casino Royale was good. I'm not a huge fan of Quantum of Solace, but. Uh, Skyfall was really good. Didn't see the rest of Spectre since I fell asleep through it. Want to go back and watch it. But watching this trailer, I am hyped for another James Bond movie. You know, I like, I know enough about the last movie to kind of see where this movie is headed and what it is. And I am excited about it. You know, I, I, I love how they're, everything is coming full circle. You know, they have the whole thing with uh, the guy who took over him, Ralph Fiennes' character. They have the girl from the last film and then they have him, you know, from what I can gather from the trailer, he's not even a 007 anymore. He's just a, he's somebody, you know, he's a commander or a general or whatever he is. And they have a new 007 character, which is, uh, I forget what her first name is, but something Lynch. And, but it's just interesting to see all these characters come together. 
where they're going, what the film is, what the future of the franchise might be. And I know that with it's this Lashana film, Lynch. Lashana, Lashana Lynch. Lynch. Yeah, she was in uh, 12 Years a Slave and something else. Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. But yeah, like I just, it's it, cool to me to see all these pieces come together. We're going to get our answers to like, where's the franchise going now that Daniel Craig is stepping down. I don't want to see a 007 without a James Bond film, but I am curious to see like what kind of story arcs are going to be, be able to come up with, you know, like I'm not against an all female 007 film, but I also feel like Jane, the character of James Bond needs to persist. You know, how, how do you feel about that? I wouldn't mind because we've seen so much of the same type of, of James Bond character. I mean, there's just subtle variations. You said Daniel Craig is more serious, more, uh, Jason Bourne-like. Then you have Pierce Brosnan, who was trying to be a hybrid between Sean Connery and also Roger Moore. I think he was like a hybrid of each. And then you had Sean Connery, who you know was also very rugged, very you know uh, you know action-oriented, but also you know managed to go ahead and have so many quips and so many types of jokes that were not exactly PC or 2019 style. But he was still very much a part of, of what was going on, and he's so remembered and so beloved in that role. And then you had Roger Moore. You you had these different actors go ahead and play the role. Timothy Dalton, who people are not exactly in love with, you know, for the most part, for his portrayal. But there are subtle variations off each other. So I could use a fresh change for at least a little while in the 007 series, so I don't mind if Lashana Lynch... Uh, plays the role or plays some type of role within the context of the 007 series. So I don't mind as much as you do, but I would, I'm actually would be looking forward to it, especially if, if she's, if she does well and if she portrayed well in this no time to die character, I could be really excited for what's coming up ahead for the 007 series, maybe even more so than just another character playing the role that looks and acts similar to one of these blends of all the different James Bond we've seen over the course of 50 plus years of James Bond movies. I agree. You know, I'm all for something new, but at the same time, if you're going to have James 007 is James Bond, you know, if you're not going to have James Bond in 007, it, it will just feel off to me. You know, if they want to call it something other than 007, I'd be fine with that. But, you know, we've, we've come to, to know and love this character that Daniel Craig has created over the past five films. It would, they would have to have something, you know, I would love to see Idris Elba play the character as we've talked about before, but it, there would have to be something there that continued the legacy of James Bond, because if they went, you know, two or three films without a James Bond, he would lose relevance. Nobody would care anymore. You know, and a lot of the things that draws people, to this film is the fact that it it is James Bond, you know, and they've grown up with this character. They've read the books about this character. They know a lot about this character, and it's just it would feel off to me if there wasn't a James Bond in the 007 franchise. Well, it's still going to be very impressive from what we saw. I'm very excited for what could be the last turn, what very well will be the last turn for Daniel Craig in the role of James Bond coming up in No Time to Die, coming up in 2020. The first trailer is out. We are very excited for it. It looks very good and very exciting. I can't wait for it. It's no time to die. I want to hear your thoughts out there, people, on if you are just as interested in the upcoming No Time to Die and the last turn for Daniel Craig's James Bond. 
do you think it's the right moves as far as what the movie studio MGM and now Universal, it's no longer Sony, MGM and Universal are doing with the James Bond character and also what they're going to head and do with the new double O character in Lashana Lynch. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we head out to the break and after the break comes Jason Todd Feinberg of Honey Queen. I want to ask you this, my friend. Also, there was another major movie trailer to come out again by Disney and it was Mulan, the live action reimagining of Mulan that's coming out next year. And that trailer dropped this week on Thursday. So I want to ask you, my friend, your thoughts initially on what's going on with Mulan. Okay, my thoughts initially, and you know that I'm a huge Kung Fu film fan. You know, I love Donnie, Donnie Yen. I love the uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon stuff. This feels very dark to me. You know, they don't have the the singing and the songwriting. They don't have the magic. It feels like a Kung Fu film. It feels like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It feels like the uh, Forbidden Kingdom. It feels like those those Kung Fu movies that have the elements of sorcery and magic if you look at the uh the antagonist against mulan we don't know who she is because she's not in the actual cartoon film it does not feel like mulan you know it feels like an unknown kung fu film as opposed to something that captured the hearts and minds of people all around the world back when it originally came out and you know there's gonna have to be a lot of elements that play into this film to make it feel like a disney film if it's going to do well right you know, what's the first song you think of when you think of Mulan? It's the whole Let's Get Down to Business song, right? So they have to have something. If it's in the soundtrack, if they're not going to sing, they have to have some kind of soundtrack playing. But it just, it feels very dark. It feels very serious. And it just, it feels like something that isn't a Disney film. So I am feeling like it's not going to be received well by people who are fans of the Mulan film because what makes a Mulan film stand out, the original Disney one is that it has all the elements of a Disney film in it. This one doesn't have Mushu. It, like it's barely recognizable without, you know, outside the character of Mulan and the storyline. It just, it doesn't feel like a Disney movie. I could be wrong and I could eat these words when the film comes out, but watching the trailer, I don't feel like I'm watching the movie that I really enjoyed and loved as a child. I enjoyed Mulan as well very much when it came out. I thought it was probably one of my favorite, if not the favorite of the Disney films like it, you know, when you compare to the Lion King and, and so many other of those, you know, Lady and the Tramp, the, uh, all those other Disney kids movies that came around that time. I was already an adult, but I will tell you that even when I saw it, I was just floored by how well it flowed. The music itself, I thought, was very poignant and, and just awesome to listen to. And Mushu, the character, was not just as a Disney throw-in so they could go ahead and sell toys. I thought it actually, I thought Mushu actually served a purpose, was not, was not overdone by Eddie Murphy, and was really on par with what was needed overall in the story arc of Mulan as you go ahead and watch the movie. I, I think they there was yeah you could have some, there were some slight quibbles with the movie overall but I think it, it was the best of the Disney kids movies of that era for me I think it was the most enjoyable and and to take that movie 
putting it in a live action setting. It's not surprising because Disney is doing it now with all the stuff that they have in the vault that they feel can go ahead and translate to a larger audience or an audience of today. That's not surprising. But the fact is that they've taken out all the poignant songs, or at least the inference is that they're, they're not, it's not going to be a musical and that the inference is also as well that Mushu is not going to be around and that they've added a witch-like character who is aware or knows of Mulan's true identity. I'm not sure how that's going to fit in the overall story arc this time around. I'm not exactly enjoying it as much or enthralled by it. I'm not exactly seeing it as a kung fu movie myself. I'm seeing it more as a Chinese period piece. And as a Chinese period piece, I'm seeing as it looks okay. It looks something of interest, but it just isn't grabbing me like the original movie did that I love so much way back when as well. So I'm kind of concerned as a movie fan if this movie will go ahead and portray well to an audience worldwide. Is it something that people are going to be dying to see, like other live action remakes, like John Favreau's The Lion King, you know, some, and The Beauty and the Beast? Those two have gone over a billion dollars at the box office and have done extremely well, and are thought of, even though that people can, you know, say what they want critically about the films, they made a chunk of change at the box office. Will Mulan go in that same fashion? I'm not so sure. That's why I'm interested to hear your thoughts more on it as it goes along, more trailers get released, because so many elements of what made the movie so special are being left out. Unlike what we've seen with The Lion King, which people just said was just a copy and paste from the film, maybe that was a safe way to go. But hey, after over a billion dollars, that was the best way to go financially. We've seen with Beauty and the Beast, that was more of a musical where it was more appealing to younger audiences that obviously was the way to go because it made over a billion dollars. Now you're talking about something that's a little bit darker, a little bit grittier. That I'm not so sure is going to play well with audiences worldwide. Who are they trying to market this film to? That's what I want to know. For right now, I'm just kind of curious to absorb more information as it is released by Disney. Well, hopefully we will absorb more information by Disney, and it is going to be, I think, something that's going to be more polarizing to audiences or potential audiences, I should say, coming up down the road with each successive trailer that comes out before the movie. I'm very interested to see the reaction of people worldwide. Like I said, it's something I want to give a chance to, but does it just grab me like the movie did so long ago? It's not doing it yet, but that doesn't mean it won't at some point in time down the line. We'll have to wait and see. But I want to hear everyone's thoughts out there. Is the Mulan trailer getting you excited for Mulan, the live-action reimagining? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanica Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up right after the break, Jason Todd Feinberg from Honey Queen stops by with his thoughts on the Black Widow trailer, the Mulan trailer, and also as well what I asked him in regards to the Conjuring franchise being the dominant force in horror movies over the past decade. Then right after that, Rob McCallum continues with an off-the-cuff segment. And then after that, Josh and I close out the show with our own thoughts on the Conjuring franchise, Mobile Suit Gundam's Char Counterattack returning to theaters, and is Disney thinking about a live-action Dragon Ball film? We're going to talk about that and more coming up right after the break. 
This is the PCC Multiverse. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. All right, we're back again, everyone. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, a lot of people have talked about what's gone on this week with a lot of the trailers that have hit because it's a trailer barrage, like I was just saying with Josh out there. Trailers to the left, trailers to the right. We had three big trailers coming this week, two from Disney. Well, one was from Marvel anyways, but we had Black Widow. We had the Mulan trailer. We also had James Bond 007 also coming out this week. But for two of the trailers right now, somebody really wanted to go ahead and say, Gerald, I want some time on your show to talk about what's going on with the Mulan trailer and also the Black Widow trailer. So I said, you know what? The floor is yours, my friend. You know, you got to check out everything that's going on with Honey Queen. That's H-U-N-N-I-C-W-E-E-N. You could catch it out on Facebook. Also as well, you can look for back episodes of his awesome podcast, Honey Queen. It is my good friend, Mr. Jason Todd Feinberg. And I'll tell you what, Jason, happy holidays to you and the family. I just wanted to wish you and everyone out there all the best before we go ahead and talk about some good stuff going on with Black Widow and Mulan. This was something I really, really needed to discuss. And we kind of discussed Endgame and how great it was and how sad that Black Widow was going. We never got a Black Widow trailer uh, or movie or anything. And I sent in an audience with 90% of it being female for Captain Marvel this year. And I sat there and walked out and I think about five or ten women in unison all said the same time I was walking out. That was it. That's pretty much what I said. That was it. Where was the Black Widow movie? And nobody's really talking about Captain Marvel anymore other than nobody likes Brie Larson. And, and you know, that that she's supposed to be such a big thing in, in Endgame and that didn't happen. And, and people were upset that Black Widow's dead. And that Alita Battle Angel didn't do well at the box office. So two disappointments. But then, lo and behold, we find out we are getting a Black Widow movie. And it takes place during, I guess, post or pre- Civil War. I'm not. It, it's supposed to take place in 2016, both real time and Civil War time. So, the the other tidbit that I found out is that yes, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man slash Tony Stark will be in the movie. Now I don't know if it's going to be a small cameo. I don't know if it's going to be a. I'm then they're kind of sketchy on this, but yeah, he it was announced that he's going to be in it somehow. And we're also getting another character that I never thought we'd see because this is a controversial one, The Red Guardian, and it's played by Hellboy, 2019. A movie I didn't care for. I don't think anybody did. But Well, David Harbour is the actor. Well, yeah, but, you know, if you like Stranger Things, I tried to get into it. I can't. I don't see what the hype is. As for... Hellboy 2019, I didn't care for it either. And I see him now, I didn't even recognize him at first as Red Guardian. 
but he's pretty much, I guess, the Russian Captain America, if that makes any sense. I like the tone of this trailer. I like the casting of this trailer. I don't know what the story is. And from what I heard, also Taskmaster is supposed to be the villain. Which means that even though Disney bought 20th Century Fox and they're going to continue Deadpool. And I think they're working on Deadpool 3 and Ryan Reynolds is still part of that. I don't think... Taskmaster was a Deadpool villain, but he was part of Deadpool's universe. I'm having a feeling right there when you're including Taskmaster and you've also got several other of the the villains involved, I think in the eventual future, we will have a Thunderbolt series on the way. I don't. And unless it is with our good old friend, you know, the original general thunderbolt ross the the one from the 2003 hulk sam elliott if sam elliott was ross i don't but you know this is getting to a certain point where what they trying to do with disney where we're going to get the boba fett movie but instead we got the mandalorian i'm not complaining you know we got that but i don't know if i want to see a thunderbolt ross series i mean the closest thing that we saw was him becoming red hulk in 2008 during you know the um the tie into the Incredible Hulk MCU movie, which didn't do well. I don't want to see a Ross series. I I, I don't. William Hurt. Well, you may not see them as a series, but you may see them integrated and eventually form as a team to maybe be the main antagonists. Let's say in whatever the next Avengers movie might be. If there is going to be another Avengers movie, because if Cap is out and Tony is dead, unless Tony becomes a new Jarvis, and or. You know, or if the super soldier serum gets to go back into Cap again, which I don't know if he wants to go back, because I guess it depends if Knives Out really did do that well, or if Chris Evans just wants to go back on the chicken and, you know, whatever diet. I don't really know. The only thing that I know is, is that Scarlett Johansson is back as Black Widow. Now, again, unlike Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, Scarlet has a personality. And to tie this over, I did see Jojo Rabbit. She was awesome in that. And it was from the director, Taiki Weedy, who, of course, directed Thor. I love that movie, and I loved his personality. And he also voiced a character on Rick and Morty recently with, with the app. So when he directed Jojo Rabbit and he put Scarjo in there, it, it, it was a perfect fit. I'm hoping that whatever was done in Endgame can kind of be undone, or, or at least do more, there's got to be a way to do more Black Widow movies, because I can see a trilogy, and where I can see a, a, a you know Disney Plus series the way they're doing with Hawkeye and Falcon and, and Winter Soldier, you know, I, I and even what they're doing with Loki and what they're doing with Scarlet Witch, I could see them doing something more with Scarlet Johansson's Black Widow, whether it's stunt double or not, but it was definitely heartbreaking to see her go, and people were pissed. So this was great that with Phase 4, we're getting more of this. The Mulan trailer, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stalling. Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you. I mean, speaking of Disney, the Mulan trailer also came out this week, so I want to hear your thoughts on the Mulan trailer. Dishonor on you, Iger. Dishonor on you, the director, 
dishonor on the casting, dishonor on the choice of putting in a female witch, dishonor of not giving us Mushu, dishonor of not putting in the songs. I don't know what the hell this is. This is a live action, but we're going to take all the fun and whimsy out of I'm not saying the 98 version was a classic by any means, and the songs were kind of hit or miss. Uh, I, I can I can tell you right now, I'm not understanding what Disney is doing. I, 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 don't, I don't know what kind of note to end on this. I, I, I think, do you have any suggestions on what, how we should end this? But we'll end it on this. We've talked about a theme over the course of the, this month about everybody sharing their thoughts on the best of pop culture in the decade. And I know you shared your thoughts as far as from a horror standpoint around Halloween with some of the, your picks for as far as your all-time horror picks that have been out there. And mo virtually all of them came from this decade. So I won't go into that per se, but I wanted to talk to you about something about since you are a man in the know when it comes to horror movies. And that is this. Or how should we define this decade in horror movies when it comes to the Conjuring franchise? Because I think it is essentially what horror movies to me have, have been all about and what they've come to represent. Low budget, for the most part, high returns. And if successful, you could go ahead and feed one into the other, into the other, into the other. I don't think any property that has influenced the decade from a horror standpoint, more than the Conjuring franchise. No, I, I'm going to actually go with Robert Eggers with The Witch that came out in 2015 and The Lighthouse that came out weeks ago. No, I would say the Conjuring universe is going to implode, but Eggers' universe is definitely going to be all that it's cracked up to be. And you can have that one for free. All right, it's my good friend Jason Todd Feinberg. You can check out everything that he's doing today at Hunting Queen. Well, it's been awesome again to have you share your opinions on the show. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to doing so. I'm hoping for you, my friend, that not only this holiday season will be a great one for you, but the next decade as well. Can't wait to have you a great part going forward for all of our shows and just cannot thank you enough for, for hanging on. Any last thoughts on the way out? Yeah, I really have hopes, really have hopes for Disney+. Plus. I really think you should invest in it because what they're not telling you, and you really have to do the the research, or you, you just have to go down the rabbit hole, so to speak, for Disney+, Plus because I didn't realize what they were going to put in this library about what contracts were or weren't going to expire. So the fact that we're getting the Disney Afternoon with the original Gummy Bears and gargoyles and all the darkwing ducks and all the ducktails and the new ducktails but disney plus is definitely worth both your money and time it's amazing what you can find on that service i know there's a lot of streaming services out there but for jeff goldblum on national geographic uh the mandalorian the disney afternoon alone yeah, I, I know this is not without its controversy right now. Disney's been very controversial. Happy with it. As for what they're doing with the MCU, I guess time will tell. And I know Spider-Man's back in the MCU somewhat. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do next. So I hope it's better than the last two MCU Spider-Man films. But we got J.J. Jameson back. And so J.K. Simmons. 
So that's a plus, right? I think so because he's a great character and I just truly can't wait to see what happens for as far as the Spider-Verse with his involvement and also going forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My friend, it's been great having you on the show once again. Cannot thank you enough for being a part of it and looking forward to some great episodes ahead with you coming up here in the next decade right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So this is Off the Cuff with No Guff. I'm your host, Rob McCallum, and my returning guest is my love, my partner, my ongoing frequent collaborator, <laughs> Miss Tanya Candler. What are we forecasting for next week? We're going to go do shots of maple syrup. No, seriously, though. Well, what will we? What shall we talk about? We might be able to get away and see a movie this week. Okay, well, we know that won't happen. So, oh. what? Uh, any, okay, any thoughts on this week's show? Are you are you done? Any anything that you want to bring up? Any questions? Any viewer questions you want to throw out there? Well, if you got any questions for for me, right, right. But are do you have a question for them? I don't have any questions. No. Do you have any uh, fake ads that you want to put out there for products that don't exist? <laughs> Like you used to do when you were young with your sister. <laughs> no. Oh, why would you say that? <laughs> Live. I, I can tell by the sound of your voice that it's true. What oh What, are, God, some, what just... are some of the fake ads you used to do? No, I used to even feel like Chinese restaurants. Okay, here's the deal. Next week, I want a fake ad from you <laughs> on the air. It'll be the official sponsor since we've had unofficial name drops this Boom, week. Bow. I want the official sponsor next week from your fictional brand okay so, so you, my company is gonna be your sponsor. what's well, not your company it's whatever i'm the ceo whether it's the service whether it's a uh, an item and maybe throw in make it like a holiday thing since we were talking about holiday gift ideas and we'll try to come back to that and see if we can come up with better holiday gift ideas leading up to the holidays we'll see if we can keep throwing a few a week okay i can i can do this okay so come up with a fake one easy so like you know, you could be the Canadian Carbon Freeze Service. Get your significant other carbon frozen today. Only forty nine ninety five or something like Act that. Act now. Carbon freeze your kids for that special night out. <laughs> Imagine. Yes. Oh my, all the time. <laughs> okay, so that'll do it for another episode of Off the Cuff with No Cuff. Or as you like to call it, the Mouthcast. Mouthcast. The Mouthcast where we try not to wake the kids. We only had the one edit, I think. One wake up. We're getting good at this. Well, yeah. See, you just said we're getting good at this. So I didn't need to run upstairs no. for us to be good. Well, I love to run. Are you going to say goodbye? I am going to say goodbye. Okay, everybody, just just take care of yourself. Take care of each other. If you want to send questions or comments, hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rob McZob. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon. Bye. I get the last word. It's my show. You're just a returning guest. You're not even frequent yet. <laughs> what? Happy holidays. It's that time of the year again, as on December 7th, it's the Retro City Games Holiday Game Day, featuring free video games. Be a part of all the fun starting at 10 a.m. as both the Henderson and Town Square locations will be giving away 250 bags, each with one mystery video game or other goodies for free. 
But that's not all. At the Henderson location, we're hosting not one, but two big video game tournaments in the afternoon with big prizes on tap for the best players on Super Smash Brothers and Mario Kart on the Switch. The fee for each tournament is just $10 or an equivalent canned food, new unwrapped toy, or new kids' clothing, socks, or undergarment donation. All tournament fees and donations go to our friends at Three Square of Las Vegas, UMC Children's Hospital, and Girl Scouts of Southern Nevada Troop 249 donating clothing to Clark County Schools. And even if you can't make the event, we're also accepting donations for these charities throughout the holidays at both locations. If that isn't enough for you on the 7th, the Henderson location has free retro gaming all day long and great music from our friends Serious Damage, Decaying Tigers, and DJ Slumberland. Plus, appearing live at the event are the crew from the syndicated radio show Pop Culture Cosmos and streaming stars from Game Source, Storm Rush Gaming, Mario Party Wars, and Go Brothers Gaming, as we will be streaming the event live as it happens. And while you're there on the 7th at either location, get ready to spin the wheel for some great in store discounts as well. For the free video game promotion, game availability is determined by Retro City Games and mystery bags are limited to one per person. So stay in touch with the Retro City Games Facebook page and Pop Culture Cosmos podcast outlets for the latest info and updates for the biggest event of the season. It's the Holiday Charity Game Day from your friends at Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you need a listing where we're at, because we're being played all around the world, seven days a week on radio stations worldwide, check out our listings today, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where you'll see a listing of many of our over 30 different options as well for podcasting outlets. My friend, you've got everything going on with Top Apocalypse, and congratulations, you suck. So we're in the midst of the holiday season, my friend, but you got to tell me what's going on with both those properties, Topicocalypse, and Congratulations, You Suck. So right now I can get Congratulations, You Suck on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Powell's Books, and a lot of other booksellers. Uh, it's available for $20, I believe, and it is available in both physical and ebook formats. Uh, it's got a lot of great reviews on Amazon, so I definitely recommend checking it out, and I'd love to hear any feedback you have on the book. As for Top Gocalypse, we're putting out new episodes as we go. We, uh, you know, we had our Black Friday episode and our Star Wars episode come out a week and a half ago. On Sunday, we'll be putting out our Albums of the Year episode, and we're going to be releasing our Films of the Year episode in a couple of weeks. So you can just follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and you know, we're also on YouTube. You can check us out as you go. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. But we'll also probably be popping up on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel as well. And we hope you enjoy. All right, my friend, speaking of the Pop Culture Cosmos outlets and channels, I want to go ahead and say congratulations, my friend, and thank you for being a part of it because recently, in the past week, we've gone over 50,000 downloads all time on our various outlets and resources, including Podbean, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Bullhorn, Podchaser, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, so many other different formats that we've been on. Over 50,000 all time. Cannot thank you enough for being a part of it. And cannot thank most of all the listeners out there from all around the world. Because I've checked the countries. 
that our shows have been played on and we're all over Asia, North America, South America, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, all over from the smallest to the largest countries. And we cannot thank you enough for playing the pop culture cosmos. I also want to go ahead and mention out there Retro City Games Holiday Game Day. 250 games free this Saturday starting at 10 a.m. at both the Henderson and also as well the Town Square locations. Plus the Henderson location, we're running not one but two great tournaments. That's Super Mario Kart and also as well Super Smash Brothers, both for big prizes. And then you got also as well live music with Serious Damage, Decaying Tigers, and DJ Slumberland. They're all coming up. And in all the charity, as far as any donations, we're accepting donations for canned food, kids' clothing, kids' underwear, and kids' socks, all new, of course. And then also, as well, new toys. And all those donations are going to go to UMC Children's Hospital, Three Square of Las Vegas, and Girl Scouts of Southern Nevada, number 249, who are going to donate all that kids' clothing to various schools here in Clark County. So, tell you what. It's going to be a great day, Saturday, December 7th. And even if you can't stop by on the 7th at one of the Retro City Games locations, they're accepting donations all holiday long, and we cannot thank friends enough at Retro City Games. I also want to thank Rob McCallum and also as well his wife Tanya and, of course, Jason Todd Feinberg for showing up on today's broadcast. But Jason wasn't so high on the Conjuring franchise as the preeminent series in horror for the past decade. I got to tell you, my friend, the way they went about their business in this decade, I got to say the Conjuring franchise as a whole, whether you like it or hate it, is the preeminent horror franchise of this past decade. I agree. I mean, there haven't really been a lot of properties that have stuck out to me in terms of you know what's scary and what's not. I, I did really enjoy, um, you know, The Nun, I thought had a lot of really scary elements to it, as well as The Curse of La Llorona. You know, it was a more B-grade horror movie, but it still, it was well written. I did not, or I saw Annabelle, which felt like a, I think I talked about this on the show, felt like kind of a, a cheap horror film, but yeah, like I love the way that they're all tied together. I love the connectivity of it all. I would like to see another Conjuring film, Conjuring 3 perhaps, but they're doing a great job of keeping all the stories, even the things that aren't related to the Conjuring 1 and 2 still feel connected to that universe. So they're doing a great job of that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we've talked about this, when does a movie universe become oversaturated? You're right on that. So the Conjuring franchise may look a little iffy in the next decade. I thought the Purge franchise went off to a great start as well, but I think they kind of faltered as the decade went on. So I got to give it to the Conjuring franchise as the preeminent horror franchise of the decade with the Conjuring movies, the Annabelle movies, the Curse of La Llorona, the way they set it up and the template they set up as far as how you approach horror movies, I think is just the best way that pretty much has been done since maybe the the Friday the 13th franchise, the way it was done, Nightmare on Elm Street, or any of the other major franchises, I think it is now, at this point in time, the preeminent horror franchise because of what they've done this past decade. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, I know you wanted to talk about a, a couple of great subjects. And the first thing is, as our Mobile Suit Gundam expert, Mobile Suit Gundam Char's Counterattack, 
in a special event by Fathom Events came out this week for a special one-day-only showing with theaters across America. Well, you heard the details on Char's Counterattack returning to theaters. So I want you to go ahead and enlighten our audience a little bit more on Mobile Suit Gundam, Char's Counterattack to celebrate the 40th anniversary, returning to theaters, and how much it excites you as a Mobile Suit Gundam fan. So Mobile Suit Gundam, you know, I'm a fan. So Char's Counterattack takes place in the Universal Century timeline. So we discussed on another show the Gundam Unicorn, right? You know, that took that takes place in the Universal Century timeline. So you have Char's Counterattack, you have Mobile Suit Gundam, you have uh, Gundam Unicorn, you have Gundam, uh, the OHMS team, 0083. It's all, they're all connected. You know, this was like the uh, the Robotech of the Gundam universe, right? You have all these shows all connected. You have these these kids who are somehow able to connect to these machines through the psycho frame, and they're able to pilot machines that nobody else can. You know, and that's what makes this, this series so interesting is that they're willing to dive into not just, you know, conscious thought, but subconscious thought, you know, and this idea of what if kids are the only ones that can fight wars for us? What will happen then? With Char's counterattack, it's kind of a continuation of that theme, and it's it's a return to that universe, and it's real. It's a really exciting film, though it was done in 1988. But like, I'm just excited to see what its perception is. Is is this going to open up new avenues for the Gundam series? I know Iron Blooded Orphans is coming to Netflix soon. So, what will this mean for the series? Is Gundam going to last another 25 years? I am, you know, a huge fan of the series as it is. But again, you know, when does a universe become oversaturated? Here's to, if you didn't get a chance to go ahead and see it in the theaters, you got to go ahead and check it out, to, you know, because it lays the groundwork for the Mobile Suit Gundam series. If you didn't get a chance to see it in the theaters, I just heartily recommend you going ahead and listening to what Josh says that made it so special by going ahead and checking out on video, on streaming today, or as soon as you hear this. That's once again, Mobile Suit Gundam, Char's Counterattack. And here's hoping that it will lead to more great things in the Mobile Suit Gundam universe. And hopefully, a, you know, a Mobile Suit Gundam movie coming to the big screens on a more extended fashion down the road. Before we head on out, my friend, I know you want to talk about the rumor that Disney is getting involved, possibly with a live action Dragon Ball film. Nothing confirmed, but how does this make you feel as a Dragon Ball fan? You know, excited and nervous at the same time. I would I like the idea of Disney producing a live action dragon film or dragon ball film because if anyone has the money to do it it is Disney what I fear is that you know toy animation might sell the property to Disney as a whole and we'd lose a lot of the things that made dragon ball so special that's a worst case scenario but from what I've read Disney is hoping that dragon ball might be their next you know big live action franchise and that excites me you know, but what they're going to do to the characters, these classic characters that we all know and love and grew up with, that makes me nervous. As a casual fan of anime, do you, would you have any interest in a live-action Dragon Ball film if produced by Disney? If they were to go ahead and make sure that they pay enough love to it, and you know they can, it's not like they wouldn't spend the dollars on it, I think yes. Although I would probably be more apt to see it on a Disney Plus format to be quite honest with you. That way you could flesh it out even more. And I think it would probably even garner a larger audience in that way. That's just my personal thing. But, you know, that's just me talking. 
Yeah, I mean, I would like to see it done justice, and it needs to be given its its due. But you know, I I I wouldn't want to see any of these characters change who they are in the show. But at the same time, like I, if we're ever going to get a live action Dragon Ball film, I feel like Disney has the not only has the money to make it happen, but also like it would be the best opportunity we have to to get a film like this. Let's hope that Disney may go ahead and provide that lift for the Dragon Ball series, and whether it's either on Disney Plus or in a cinematic format, and give Dragon Ball hopefully the love that Dragon Ball fans know that series deserves. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. Do you enjoy TV shows, movies, video games, comics, or novels? Do you enjoy listening to people discuss geeky topics without getting bent out of shape when they disagree? If you do, then the 42 Cast is right for you. We're a podcast with a rotating cast of guests that discusses a new topic every week. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, or 42cast.com. You can also support us and the entire ESO Network by going to patreon.com slash ESO Network. That's the 42 Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.